You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 29 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Anthony Bertaggia. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. Today we're in the same room. We're not remote like the past few episodes have been. Um, so we're excited. A lot to unpack here because the Habs have started the season. They're 0-2. They got demolished by the worst team in the league. A team that might be the worst team in the salary cap era. We'll get in, into all of that though. We have a lot to cover. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back. It's great to be back. I'm so happy to uh, actually be able to work alongside you again yeah. for a little bit at least. And uh, we're just going to keep trying to put out some good content for mm-hmm. you guys. Um, but yeah, just to you know quickly go into what you what you just mentioned. The start to the season, that's 0-2. A loss to the Leafs without Austin Matthews. And then you go on to lose to the Buffalo Sabres. Like you mentioned, well, probably the worst team in the league right now. Yeah. It's disappointing to say the least. The good thing is, is that when you're dealing with an 82 game season, there's a lot more games to cover. There's a lot, there's a lot more room for error. And that way they can kind of make up these points. Now, the one thing that I want to mention is that it's very tough to regain these points when you're in that type of division. Every game against the lower tier teams in your respective division are so important, Mm -hmm. especially against Buffalo. And losing to Toronto, I mean, I'm going to say wasn't a surprise. I think people expected us to lose that game, and that's totally fine. But when you lose to Buffalo, who's, like I said, probably the worst team in the league, those are points that you need to get right now, especially in the young season. Yeah, I don't mind losing the opener to Toronto because last time we played them in a game that counted, we were shaking hands with them and moving on. Anyways, I'm watching this team, and last season there were a lot of new faces. But this season, there just seems to be something off with chemistry, with there's something missing. And I think we know what it is. They have no captain and they have no franchise goaltender in the locker room. And I think that's going to take a big hit on this team. And I think it already has. Yeah. And again, like you mentioned, the new faces, right? And I think and I think we can all agree that, you know, this offseason was kind of underwhelming to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, there definitely were some acquisitions, but I don't think they were the necessary acquisitions that were needed to move this team in the right direction. Just a lot of change. Right. Like a lot. Which is not always bad, but I think that in this case, when you're a team that was clearly doubted going into last year's playoff run, who shouldn't have made it in a regular season, and you 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 build that chemistry and you gel. And then when you start to lose certain players, a guy like Philip Deneau, who had a certain role, a guy like Thomas Tatar, who didn't play much in the playoffs, but still had a role, mm-hmm. a guy like Jesper Yukakinemi, who brought a jump to each player's step. And then you start to replace those guys with the Dvoraks and the Matthew Perot and the Cedric Paquette. And don't get me wrong, I think that these players do have a role on this hockey team, but I don't think they know what it is quite yet. And I don't think that Dominic Ducharme and his management know what that is quite yet. Yeah. I'm not a huge, uh, Cedric Paquette guy. Neither am I. Um, they picked up, um, Boyd off of waivers, right? Did they? No, it was, uh, Brooks Brooks, right? Brooks from off Toronto. Of waivers. Yeah. From Toronto. Yeah. Cause Boyd used to be, on yeah, Toronto, he was on sorry. Toronto as well. Um, Brooks off. So I'm happy they got Brooks because look, I don't know much about him. Some Leafs fans like him. But I'd prefer him over Paquette. I agree. And I think the bottom six of the Habs is a huge question mark. It, right now. Like a huge question mark right now. And I don't like the way they're structured compared to last year where you had Perry, you had Lekanen, you had By- obviously Byron's hurt. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back, it'll help them a lot. Absolutely. But right now, they look all over the place. They don't have a, a structure. Paquette, I don't like the way he plays. Pejo, he does what he has to do, but he's not... Over, he's not like Perry, who you know what he's going to do night in, night out. Right. right, and I think, and I think the problem with that, to your point, is that last year I think that the guys that we had in the bottom six knew their role, and I think that's what's missing right now. Right, Corey Perry knew, like you said, you knew what you were getting, mm-hmm. and again, he started off on the taxi squad last season and kind of had to quote unquote prove himself. Yeah, but he did just that, and I think that look, it's again two games into the season, we're not going to overreact here, but I think that. A guy like Matthew Perot, a guy like Cedric Paquette, and I'm even going to you know, add in the names Chris Weidman and Den- and uh, David Savard. I mean, 
I don't think that they've, I don't think that they know what their role is with this team. And I think that's the biggest problem because when you're kind of just playing to play without a structure in place, that, that tends to, you know, trend downwards for a team like the Montreal Canadiens. Look, you add Hoffman, you had, you add Byron, you add Edmondson and you add Brooks. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different team. And Carey Price. Of course. And Carey Price. But because if you throw in Hoffman, someone gets bumped down, right? Armia gets bumped down. Yeah. And if you throw in Brooks, Paquette gets taken out. If you throw mm-hmm. in Edmondson, the defense changes, not Weidman and Romanoff together. You know what I mean? Right. So it's early. Um, I think there's still room for chemistry to get built upon. I think lines have to start get, getting on their role, right? Like Suzuki's. Um, and yeah, I just will get into price soon because. Yeah on my mind and i kind of want to talk about it before we get into price your last words on the lineups yeah i'm I'm just going to keep it short here but i just do think that what you said is true we talked a lot about it last year and we were upset that ducharme kept shuffling the lines Mm -hmm. and there was no chemistry being built and now we're starting to see some lines kind of form and you know i'll say gel you know you're looking at dvorak anderson and Jonathan Drouin, you see some chemistry there. There's yeah. always been some chemistry between Suzuki and Caulfield, adding the Toffoli, who doesn't look great right now, but regardless, there's been chemistry before. And it's always great to keep those lines together. It's just very tough when, to start off the season, there's players that you know would be in the lineup and would actually make a huge difference mm-hmm. in the lineup that are not there. So you kind of have to manage with what with what you're given. And yeah, uh, j- just to speak on the point that you made about Armia, he will get bumped down, but he'll also probably lose his spot on the power play. Yeah, And... Oh, we'll talk about the power play. Special units in general. Exactly. But like like you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of shuffling in the next two, three weeks, I'd say. And and we might see a completely different team. But the other one, the other point I want to bring up is that this team knew what they were getting their, themselves into kind of going into the season. Price was, a give or take, about a week and a half, two weeks before the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Edmondson, same thing. Hoffman, same thing. So they had some time to prepare with what they were given. And I think that they've kind of mismanaged in a sense. But again, you're going into a season that Montreal Canadiens fans are always going to have certain expectations. And this might not be the year, but you never want to doubt, right? Apparently Hoffman might be ready for the game against the Sharks next week. Yeah. So it won't it Tuesday. won't be this Saturday, but it it might be uh Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. The Habs have their home opener tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure when this episode is going to come out. It might come out tonight or tomorrow morning. Right. And by tomorrow, we mean Saturday. Mm-hmm. So um, so the Habs play on Saturday night against New York Rangers. Um, should we go into uh, special units or do we go into... Yeah, let's do it. We'll go into special units because we just watched those games. What are they, 0-9 on I, the power play? I, I think 0-8 for eight or 0-7, for seven, I think. There, I don't right? know, but in that ballpark, absolutely. And it just looks bad. And two of them were, they had two chances of 5 on 3 to get back into a hockey game. I don't understand how you set up for one-timers from the point on a 5 on 3 without moving the puck. The goalie has to go across his crease to make, to score. Goalies in the National Hockey League taking a shot when you're right in front of them, they're going to save it. Especially when you can see right through yeah. it, right? You got to make a move. No matter who the goalie is. If it's Craig Anderson or if it's um, Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell you got to make a move. And they're taking shots from the point that are getting blocked. They're not moving the puck. Zone entries, I don't know if they're the same as last year's. Sometimes it's the same. Sometimes it's different. I like when they come in with speed. I like the few of their zone entries. But other than that, um, it just doesn't look... Co- is cohesive the right word? It doesn't look good. No, like, it doesn't don't look, look good. Like they're on the same page. Suzuki's making back passes to no one. Joy does look yeah. comfortable. Uh, and and to add to your point mm-hmm. here, Petrie does not oh, look good at no. all. No, he does not look good. Josh Anderson is not a power play guy. He's not. Um, Armia is not a power play guy. Neither is Matthew Perot. Is Dvorak a power play guy? I don't think so either. But maybe just to go out there and win the draw, right? Yeah. Because that's a huge part. When you, when you start off the power play in the other team's zone, it's very important to get that draw. And I'm not saying he has to get off the ice right away, but mm-hmm. it's very important to gain possession, right? Yeah. Because Dvorak's playing power play, PK and five on five. Yeah, that makes no sense. And he shouldn't be right. He's, he's not that guy. Five. Yeah, PK one hundred percent. Put him there. But power play again. Mike Hoffman's gonna come in. I don't know if Brooks can play on the power play. I don't want Pejo on the power play. I really don't. He'll probably be on the second unit. Can I make a comment in terms of 
just just some, one one major change I'd make. I think to date he hasn't been playing well. Again, it's been two games, but he still hasn't hasn't shown me his full potential. And we talked a little bit about this before. Mm-hmm. But I do really, but I do truly believe that Chris Weidman should be subbed out on the second power play unit for Alexander Romanov. And I know that Chris Weidman was brought in for one reason and one reason yeah. only. He plays the third pairing and then he plays the second power play. I still do think that a guy like Romanov, who does have a ton of offensive upside, shouldn't be sitting behind a guy like mm-hmm. Chris Weidman right now. I don't understand why we don't give him a yeah. shot. I really don't. Here's my issue. It's not like, look, Weidman, him and Joy, they kind of play the same way. They like to move the puck along the blue line and saucer passes and all that. It's more when Joy makes that perfect pass to someone, that someone is Dvorak, Weidman, or Josh Anderson. Those three guys I just named don't have great shots. Look, they have good shots in the NHL. But it's not a Mike Hoffman shot. It's not a Tyler Toffoli shot. It's not a threat to the goalie. And it's not a Cole Caulfield shot. Again, Mike Hoffman's in a slot in there. But Josh Anderson, he's best known not for his passing. Not for his shooting. For his skating ability. And his power forward strength. And I just don't like how these power plays are structured... That it's the first power play unit is our first line. The second power play unit is our second line. Yeah. Right? But I, Mark, to speak to your point, and I think we, we've known this for a long time, the Montreal Canadiens have never been a team that have been... We've never really been truly successful on the power play. We've, yeah. We talk about it year after year. Mm-hmm. And it almost it almost seems to be the same, the same problems that we deal with year after year. And even with a coaching change, it doesn't seem to change. And I think the reason for that being is that we don't... Again, we have our quote unquote power play specialists in Hoffman and Chris Weidman and you know Drew Wang. Drew Wang, yes, sure. Yeah. But but the thing is is that it, it goes deeper than who you have. It go it go it also speaks to the power play coach himself. The strategies, Joe, yeah. Uh I almost said Joe Burrow. Alex, Alex Burrow. <laughs> Alex thank you. Um, Imagine if it was Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, I don't maybe he'd be maybe it'd be better making some maybe it'd be one and eight. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Um, um, but but with that being said, look, I don't think that there's a ton of creativity right now. I don't think that the puck is being put onto the right person's stick. I think I've seen a couple times now on a five on three, Jeff Petrie taking a slap shot from the point. Don't me wrong. I think he has a great shot and I think that he should be using his shot yeah. more, but I don't think it, that's the time and place. No. So with that being said, I think you have to get it. You have to put the puck into the 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 people that couldn't do some damage right into mm-hmm. the onto the stick of people that can do damage cole caulfield nick suzuki in the high slot um jonathan drewing and and again i'll add the likes of alexander romanov mm-hmm. and i i don't want to be that guy that's going to keep you know pushing the issue and forcing the issue but i do think that again we talked about this a few episodes ago when we talked about drafting we draft these guys for a reason and if we're going to just let them sit behind a guy like chris weidman who we go out inside for league league minimum sign for league excuse me, sign for league minimum, <laughs> yeah. then what's the point? I don't know. Again, it's the start of the season. Yeah, I think There's we're overreacting rust. a little. There's um, chemistry issues. It's a team that's went to the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm not making excuses. I just, I'd like to see a bit more, like a bit more of the same, you know, a power play is supposed to be repetitive. They go in, they do the same thing every single time. Look at the Capitals. They go in there, they give the puck to the great eight. And they're successful every and single successful year. Because it's the same thing, and the routine just builds and it gets stronger and stronger. The Habs is always something different. Yeah. There's always a different play. And again, obviously, it's good to be a bit different and to change your opposition's thoughts. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's either a power play that they're in the zone for a minute and a half, moving the puck just to the blue line and back to the half wall, or it's a power play where they're just picking up the puck behind Motombo or Allen because they can't win the faceoff, right? Anyways, PK is, it'll get better. I know it will with yeah. the additions of Byron once Armia gets back. Can I make a comment if you form. don't mind? Just, go yeah, go ahead if you want to finish that thought. No, no, I'm just, the power play, just the Habs usually they're good on the power play. And I think it's an improve the more the season goes and the more the system gets enforced for guys like Savard and once Romanov. And, you know, like, again, it's new for the coaching also. This is Ducharme's first year has like a starting out of training camp. So he'll enforce his his ways of special units and five on five. And I think the new guys are going to have to adapt. And again, there's a lot of new guys. So everyone's ad- adapting at the same time. So we'll see how it goes. And well, go I ahead. just wanted to make a point on the on the PK. I don't think we've been 
terrible. I've seen, well, look, they, they've given up a few goals against mm-hmm. now, which isn't great. And by the numbers, it's not great. But the thing is, is that I, I, I know that this team is actually one of their specialties is, is PK and they're good. They have a few quick guys, right? You look at Byron, who's quick down the wing on the PK. You have Jake Evans, who can win the draw. You have Joel Armia, who's strong in the puck. You have a few key pieces Mm -hmm. that can be great on the PK. The one thing that I wanted to point out that I noticed about the Leafs penalty kill is that they're overly aggressive, Mm -hmm. and it almost sounds bad, but it's not, because when you don't give a guy any time to do his little drawing on the half wall or his little Petrie at the point, you can't work with much. And mm. I know overly aggressive might mean you're leaving someone open. I understand that. But the thing is, more times than not from what I've seen is that when you are overly aggressive on the penalty kill, you're actually able to make them freak out and lose the puck. And they did it to us. But they, that should be like, sorry, that should be note-taking for the Habs. Absolutely. That they know that the Leafs are aggressive. So when you're on a 5-on-3, they're still going to, because they were still aggressive on the 5-on-3. Yeah. Move that puck because that means there's two guys open. Yeah, right. I and and that again speaks to I said it about Julian last year, and I don't want to say it about Ducharme yet. It's been two games. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. about making the adjustments to the other team's adjustments, mm-hmm. and that is so important as a hockey team because when you start to figure out and dissect the team's defense or 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 neutral zone plays or or even offensive zone plays, you're able to pick up on those a lot quicker and actually capitalize and and yeah. and force them to make mistakes. And the problem is with the Montreal Canadiens right now is that I see them struggling against certain play styles of other teams and they're not adjusting at all. And again, it's been two games. We've said it three times already. And I just want to nail that point because we're not we're not going to sit here and pretend because for all we know, this coming Saturday, Montreal might win five nothing. They might go two for two on the power play and and this would be a yeah. completely different podcast or episode. But what I'm saying is that I still do see it and I still do think that teams and management, especially that of the Montreal Canadiens need to be a little quicker and a little bit more up tempo when it comes to okay we we see this play style let's adjust. Yeah, it's early. I just wanted this team to come out hot off out of the gate because it's going to get tough through 82 games. Like we know it will. But it sucks to start the season with so many injuries adding on to the fact there's new faces, new a new system that hasn't been there last training camp anyways. We'll move on from that because it's two games. We're not going to go crazy. Yesterday, I tweeted on my personal Twitter, or two days ago, after the Leafs game. I tweeted something like, I hope the Habs don't lose to Buffalo because Habs Twitter is going to go crazy, or I don't even want to see what's going to happen to Habs Twitter, right? And obviously, they lose 5-1 to the Buffalo Sabres. And I, I want to make a point to that because I think I said it before, and I think you're completely right. You look at you look at an 82 game season, especially where you're going to be playing the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen where you're going to lose games like that. I just feel like in recent history and recent memory, the Buffalo? Montreal Canadiens tend to just lose to bad teams. Yeah. Even Detroit. Even Detroit. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that when you're in an 82 game season, especially in a division like this one where every point matters, you cannot be losing to these quote unquote bad teams. Yeah, you can't. No, no, I agree. And. And you, you know what? I want to give credit to the Buffalo Sabres because right now I think that... They played the, a good hockey game. They did. And you know what? There's a lot of weight off their shoulders right now. They, the Jack Eichel situation kind of moved a little... They're not, they're not moved on from it, but they kind of pushed it to the side. No more Taylor Hall focal point. Rasmus Dahlin's able to play his game. They have guys in like Andrews Bjork and Asplund who are kind of, you know, making a name for themselves on Tage a team Thompson that... looks good. Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a few guys that are kind of proving their worth and and that's the way that they should play hockey. But the, the crazy part is, is that when there's there's a difference between proving your worth and taking over a game against us. And they really did in the neutral zone, the offensive zone and the defensive zone. And that is where I start to question what's going on with this, with this team. Yeah. All, all 46 fans in key bank arena are going crazy. <laughs> it was crazy that they, it really did. I, I was watching the game and I don't know who it was. I think it was either my sister or my mom. They were like, like where are the people and yeah. i'm like listen i don't think they have many they fans. don't have covid restrictions it's just they don't no one wants yeah. to go but the thing is at the end of the game they were chanting like goodbye and like, right you know those songs like taunting us and at first obviously i was like why are they saying that we just went to the Stanley Cup finals don't play with us right we were losing 5-1 but at the same time like you know what good for them because they're not going to win many they just lost their captain in a saga that no one no fan base should ever go through right so you know what? Let them have their yeah. moment. Their team played a good hockey game. It's not like they won because the refs. It's not like because they won because of bad bounces. They played a good hockey game. Their transition was amazing. It was. They were fast. They were all over the Habs. Neutral. Their zone entries were amazing. Odd man rushes. Uh, 
they looked great. So good for them. Craig Anderson played a good game. I'm happy for that guy. Yep. Went through a lot. I'm happy still kicking tires in the National Hockey League. And and still dominating the Montreal Canadiens, right? Yeah, he's so good against the Habs. I don't and, and I remember watching I don't remember the year, and I, this always happens, but it was it was the year where Montreal was playing against Ottawa in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Anderson was in that or the Hamburg? Anderson was in that. Okay. And he and he he was he's just lights out. He's like Henrik Lundqvist against Montreal. Lundqvist still gives me nightmares, man. You remember that, that series still gives me nightmares. That game one, he put up like forty five saves. Incredible. He was an absolute wall. He got a shutout because they lost one nothing or something. Yeah. Still gives me nightmares. Anyways, talking about goalies, franchise goalie of the Montreal Canadiens, Carey Price, took a leave of absence before the season started. Announced by the NHLPA. Um, so he's with. He's in an organization or whatever. What do they call those things? Um, like like a group or uh, yeah, a group with the NHLPA. Right. It's like the NHL's the NHL forms it. He's with them to just go through what he has to go through, figure some stuff out, figure some stuff out, take some time away from from hockey, and uh, we just want to take the time to wish him the best and yep. hope for a speedy recovery. Take as much time as he needs. There's more to hockey in this world, and uh, look. We love Carrie. I think everyone loves Carrie, and uh, it just it, it was it was weird seeing that that tweet um, because it's someone who so quiet, and you would have never thought, right, mm-hmm. that he's suffering from whatever he's suffering from. And obviously, I think what Drouin did helped. I think it's gonna help a lot of players. I don't think it's they, just yeah yeah. It's not just price. I think it's help a lot of players yeah. if they need the time to step away from the game. They're gonna do it. Um, and look. I wish him the best. I can't wait for, to see him again. But it says minimum 30 days. But if he has to take more, he'll take he'll more. He'll take whatever he needs. He'll take whatever he needs. And I think the Habs will, whenever they're, whenever he's ready to come back, we'll take him back. And and I know that him as a player and his and his demeanor and and I guess you can say just his overall mindset as a mm-hmm. hockey player. And again, we're not talking about hockey right now. This is yeah, pure yeah. about his mental health. Well, what, what I'm saying is that when he comes back, whenever it may be again, he's he's going to... He's going to kill it, because you know, like Drouin, he he had the time to get right, and he took all the time he needed, and I think that was the best case scenario for mm-hmm. Jonathan Drouin. He's and smiling. I think, and exa- exactly, and I think it's going to be the exact same thing for Price, and I really hope that he can come back better than ever and do what he does best. Look, I, I don't want to make assumptions because we have no idea what's going on, but he's the type of player that puts a lot of pressure on himself. Yeah, and he's in a market where people put pressure on him. So adding those two things up isn't easy. Going to the Stanley Cup Finals, first time he's ever been, losing, I'm sure it took a toll. And again, we're behind him. Can't wait to see him again. He's our he's our rock. He's mm-hmm. Terry Price. He's the face of the franchise. So we wish him the best. And, you know, it's crazy to watch a general manager cry. Over He did it for Gallagher, Bergevin, after he signed that extension it just shows to you how much this guy means for this organization and it's crazy to think that he was he he risked exposing himself in the expansion draft to make sure alan was here imagine if they would have taken him it would have been would have been stuck with it would have been alan montombo for the whole season so shout out to Kerry. we wish him the best can't wait to see him again hope he takes all the time he needs um, and yeah, we support him. We love him. Absolutely. But yeah, let's go back to Bergevin quickly. Because that press conference, there was something that was said that kind of went under the rug because of everything that was spoken about in the press conference. He's only negotiating about his contract after the season. Seems pretty risky to me. Uh, I don't know. I, I, personally, do I think he's going to be the GM next year? No. Because of you don't do that, right? Unless no, something out of the blue happens, like winning the Stanley Cup, I just don't see him staying because Pierre Lebrun said that he was, I think it was Pierre Lebrun, he was thinking of leaving, then they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and it rejuvenated him. Like he's a guy who's gone through a lot of stress, 10 years as a GM or nine years as a GM mm-hmm. of the Montreal Canadiens. So we'll see where that goes. Could we use change? Yes. Could we keep Bergevin? Yes. I don't mind. Honestly. Yeah. I don't mind what happens, but we'll we'll get into that when the time comes. Mm-hmm. 
Anyways, more news, LTIR news. So yesterday, it was confirmed by the National Hockey League that Shea Weber has been authorized to be put on LTIR by the Montreal Canadiens. So his cap hit, which is great news for the Habs, won't be put towards the overall cap hit of the team, which is 82 and a half or whatever. Same thing with Paul Byron. He was put on LTIR. Carey Price, I'm really not sure if he was put on LTIR. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't know how that works either. I Yeah, that I don't know if it's 10 and a half hits or not. Anyways, Weber's is 7, whatever. And then Byron's is 3.4. So that's a lot of cap it. And that's, that's going to give room for Hoffman to come back in. Even Byron, when he comes back in, will leave a lot of room. So that's good. And Sami Niku should be back. That was the other news. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, go on ahead. that. On Sami Niku? Yeah. yeah. Do you think he'll get a, ch- a shot in the lineup? Oh, definitely. Okay, I think good. it's going to be him and Weidman in and out. Okay, good. Because Nico on the power play? I've never seen him on the power play. I've never seen him on the power He's play. He's offensive. I, so. I don't know much about him. But I mean, he has I, a bit more of an offensive flair. Right. But the one thing I do know about him is that he's a little younger. And I think I think that's... I want to say I think that's what the Habs lineup needs. And I'm not saying that we have a an old lineup. Like, we don't have a bunch of like 30-year-olds on our top line. Yeah. But, the capitals. But, right. But, but the thing is, is that I think that we need we need like like a fresh, like a fresh start because that's what Sammy Niku needs too. And he didn't really get a shot yeah. in Winnipeg. And I mean, he was drafted fairly high. So you got to give a guy like him a shot. Yeah, and I think sure. that he definitely deserves it, especially in a decor that we have right now that is very, very thin. And he's wearing a very uh, important number in Montreal. Famous 15. Famous 15. Yeah. I, I met Sammy Niku on Saturday. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's one one guy where I think he looked at me as if, like, why do you recognize me? <laughs> like, this shouldn't be happening, right? Maybe he it's didn't nice want to be recognized. Yeah, I don't know. I just <laughs> yelled his name and he kind of, I took a picture with him. I don't know if he wanted to take a picture. He kind of just smiled and we took the picture. So I guess he wanted to. Where's he from? He's Finnish, right? He's Finnish. Okay. Like, he was kind of like, Sami Niku, hey, can I take a picture? And he just, yeah, he didn't know what else to say, right? <laughs> kind of that's, shocked. That's too funny. Anyways. But yeah, I, I definitely think that he deserves a shot, especially with this decor that seems to be, again, through two games, struggling. And I mean, we'll see We'll see what happens. But I'm also genuinely curious to see what happens with a full lineup. And I by, can't wait. By full lineup, I mean, you get Paul Byron back, you get Joel Edmondson back. We'll wait on Carey Price mm-hmm. here, Mike Hoffman, and, and I'll include the likes of Sammy Niku here. So with that being said, I think those five players make a huge difference when dealing with this, when dealing with a lineup that seems to be struggling to get anything going at both ends of the ice. So we've gone 27 minutes and 43 seconds without talking about the biggest news of the week. Nick Suzuki's contract. Nick Suzuki has signed an eight-year contract extension with the Montreal Canadiens for $63 million. Do the quick math. It's 7.875. That's some pretty quick math by you. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm not looking at it right now on, a, on an article. Um, <laughs> yeah, so 7.875, which I love. Can't even complain. I won't even complain about it now. I won't complain about it in five years. I won't complain about it in eight years because he's a number one center. Yeah, absolutely. People who, people who were complaining on Twitter saying he's never played 82 games. You know how long we've waited for a number one center in Montreal? And now you're hesitant to sign him. We, dra- we tried to draft one at third overall, and he just walked. Well, walked. Right. Got stolen. And now we have the possibility to sign one long term. What are you going to say? No, it's a bit too pricey. Yeah. We're going to wait another 10 years. I agree. Like, anyways. And, and, the, and just to butt, butt in yeah. here, I think the people that are, that are saying, you know, it, it's an overpay. Again, like the, the, the things that you were mentioning yeah, before yeah. that you saw on Twitter, I think that's all BS. I think it's BS. Yeah. And, 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 you look at a player like Nick Suzuki, and and if you genuinely watch the Montreal Canadiens night in and night out, you know how valuable this player is to this team. And you know how valuable he'd be to any team. And with that being said, I think that because he's so valu- valuable to the Montreal Canadiens where he's our 1C, and then you have Dvorak, and then Jake Evans, and then, let's just say, Paquette slash Brooks there, mm-hmm. you need that one guy that can hold down the fort. And 
you know what? Maybe maybe he's never put up great totals in terms of numbers wise. The thing is, what he does not only on the offensive side of the ice, but at the on the defensive side of the ice, where he's able to play PK, power play, four on four, five on five, three on three, whatever you want, so valuable. And I think that in two years from now, the people that were making the comments about too pricey are going to be looking back and saying, "What a steal!" And especially, sorry, I saw you yeah, want yeah. to say something here, <laughs> especially. Where right now we're in a flat cap. Yeah, the cap is going to go gonna up, go and up. he's exactly. going to ask for more money. He mm. would have asked for more money if you if they waited a year. The Habs, he would have asked for a lot. More. I think he would ask for a closer to nine. Yeah, I really do. Eight point seven five. I could have mm. seen it. Um, people don't understand that contracts for a player aren't just. Let's just look at his statistics and give him money, and that's a problem. There's a connection between the player and the organization, and how they fit. Right. You have a connect. You have a bond with that player. Mm-hmm. He's your player. Charlie Makovich got what nine and a half million dollars per year. For yeah, the next eight or whatever it was. And- it's because they drafted him. They built him. Barkov. They drafted him. He's their guy. He's their captain. Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. They drafted. Him. Maybe they could have got. They could have gone for cheaper. But he's their guy. Right. They want him on the team. And you're willing to spend up a little bit to make exactly. sure that these guys stay and become or stay the staple of your team, right? Carey Price got that contract because he deserved it and because of what he did for this organization. You're not just going to go out and get a bargain, at, another goalie for a bargain. Oh, just because it's cheaper. But then he doesn't fit your model. Right. He's not that guy. He's not. People don't understand that. Yeah. You have to. This is your core. You got to keep mm-hmm. it. And I think what people also don't understand is that contracts are not necessarily, like you mentioned, they're not, they're not made or created or signed solely based off of the previous numbers that have been, because correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think Suzuki's ever put up more than 55 points. I don't know what his totals are. I don't think so though. And I don't want to, I don't want to be too premature here, but I I don't, if you, if you don't mind checking, please. But with that being said, and I'm just going to make the assumption that he never has, then why, then then you can tell yourself, absolutely, why would he be worth 7.88, whatever it is? But the thing is, is that when you're getting paid that much money, not only based off your previous numbers, but for what you will offer to this organization for the years to come, then people will tell me, good contract. And he, they'll sit here and, and, and contemplate what they, were, what they said previously. Yeah, he put 41 back-to-back seasons. Okay, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's bad at all, but, I, but if you were to tell me right now, would he be deserving of a one-year million contract. I would tell you, probably not. Mm -hmm. But I think that the reason that Montreal Canadiens were so willing to make this deal was because they know that Nick Suzuki in two, three, four, five, six, six years, when he hits his prime, 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 he's going to be returning his value on that Mm, offer. 100%. 100%. And and I think that's how contracts are made. And that's why I think that when people say, oh, what a terrible contract. Right now, he's never put up this many points and he's never exceeded his expectations, this, that, the other. That's why contracts are, that's why there's something called term. Yeah. That's why people sign eight-year contracts or six-year contracts because there is that gap or room for improvement. And it just proves that the organization trusts the player. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't sign Charlie McAvoy to an eight-year, nine-and-a-half million-dollar <laughs> contract if you don't believe that in three or four years or five years he's going to be that solidified number one guy or maybe top five defender in the league mm-hmm. and return his value. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are contracts that have been mismanaged or 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 have been maybe too impulsive in terms of Jess Skinner <laughs> or maybe the Eric Carlson contract yeah. or the or the Brent Burns contract, whatever. I, I can go on and on about bad contracts. But the thing is, is that you have to realize that in the moment when these contracts are made, they're not made just based off of previous play. They're based off of what they will potentially offer going forward. And he's our number one center for yeah. the years to come. You've got to lock that up no matter the... Pro- Look, in five years, having your number one center at 7.875... That's a good contract. And the cap's going to go up compared to Toronto Maple Leafs over here that have two centers at 10 million. And they have TikTok on their helmet. Shout out to TikTok. <laughs> Why would you... Look, TikTok, I'm sure they paid a lot for that sponsor. Well, Cake, I want to make a comment here because you want to hear something funny? I saw that they became the most valued franchise in NHL in the NHL right now. They just surpassed the Rangers. Toronto, yeah. Yeah. Something leads me to believe that, te- that 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 advertisement with TikTok had something to do with it. I don't know why. All of a sudden, because why would you choose that on your helmet? <laughs> I Unless think, I think it's the big bucks. I think it's embarrassing. <laughs> I think it's embarrassing. Well, look, it, an embarrassing sponsor for an embarrassing franchise it goes hand in hand. Yeah, there you go. They stink. 
They 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 really need Austin Matthews right now, though. You can tell that they're that they're a little flat out there. I was watching that game and just seeing all the Leafs fans all excited and on Twitter talking their whatever they have to say about the Leafs and it must be so annoying and frustrating to watch that team and be a fan of that team thinking that things are better because they're not their team's worse than last year yeah you beat us in the you they beat the Habs game one whoop de do they just lost the Sens they just I, I don't know I don't like this team and Arizona has been preparing for two years now to give Austin Matthews the biggest contract in the National Hockey League because they're going to give it to him. The Arizona Coyotes have, I think, two players that are signed long-term. That's it. I want to name them, but I don't know if I could. I think it's Keller and Chikrin. Okay, that's. I, I was going to say, I was actually going to say that. That's exactly. off the top of my head, though. Yeah. The rest, Dvorak, gone. Maybe I don't know how much Kessel has. Maybe it's Kessel. It could be. I don't but, know, but I feel like his contract is is coming is coming to an end as well. I think John Merson's gone. They shipped out a bunch of guys, making room for not only to win some draft lotteries in the next two years, but to give Austin Matthews the, big, the biggest contract in the National Hockey League. Yeah, because they tried to offer sheet him, but Dubas signed them right before that deadline, and it would have been the biggest offer sheet ever. Apparently, mm-hmm. I think he's going to go to Arizona. I'm sorry, Leafs fans. No, I think he will too. Especially think- if they don't make it past the first round this year. Oh my, can you imagine though? I don't want to talk about this. I really hope they do. Oh my god, it may, I was. You, you really know, hope they do make it past the first round? I hope, really hope they don't. Oh. I could just. Oh my god, I was watching the the Habs game or the home op- or the opener against Toronto, and the broadcaster's voice, both of them, when they had to sh- show the replay of the Habs beating Toronto right. in the in game seven or whatever, their voice. They were just so depressed, and it put the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> Because those guys are so annoying. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sportsnet, but those guys are so biased. Well, yeah, they're they're a tor- they're based out of Toronto, right? Yeah, they're based out of Toronto. It just it's a simple play, and let's say like Neilander misses the net by like half an inch. They'll say half an inch closer, and Neilander puts that top shelf. Yeah. If Suzuki misses by half an inch, he missed that well off the mark. But Jack Campbell was probably. You know, you know. What <laughs> no, I mean? I, you don't. You really don't have to convince me. I think we're both on the same page. Like, here. anyways, <laughs> and and I also thought thought it was e- equally as funny to see a vi- and I, you would think the complete opposite, <laughs> but a very calm Leafs crowd. <laughs> well, I could I couldn't hear them. <laughs> that that opening ceremony was so sad. I couldn't hear anything. Could you? I, I don't know about you, but it was but, so sad. But I was watching again. I don't know who looked like a peewee tournament. It was crazy, and 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 I was thinking to myself, and I was and I was telling myself, this is the first return, the full return back to the full capacity, Scotia Bank, Scotia Bank Arena. Yeah, and I and I I could hear a pin drop. I wouldn't cheer for them, garbage team. Whatever. I well, mean, <laughs> thankfully we're not cheering for them. Look, I tweeted this also. That I was watching that opener, that ceremony, and then Edmonton's. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Toronto's. It was quiet. They had that stupid singing. The guy sang pretty well. But yeah, it was did you really did you awesome. see the guy go for the fist bump and he left him hanging? No. Oh, the fan. <laughs> yeah, the fan went for the fist bump with the I singer and, he, and yeah, he left him I hanging. Yeah, I did see that. Anyways, that was a bit weird. What is this? The All Star Game? It was a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, it, at least, sorry to cut you off. At least let it be like Justin Bieber or something. Yeah, I don't think Bieber wants to perform for that crappy organization. He's a fan, but he kind of hides it. He sits in a loge, puts on a toque, and and hides. <laughs> he doesn't want to. Yeah, but. All the players come out. They lift their sticks. Uh, the fans are kind of happy. They were quiet. Then Tavares comes out. This is a guy who unfortunately got left the series because of a horrible incident. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the National Hockey League should be back that he's skating and healthy and still playing. You better stand up for that guy. <laughs> he's your captain. This guy even took an extra lap. He almost went to the goalie crease. Really? <laughs> you didn't see? No. He has a stick up. Those who are watching on YouTube can see what I'm doing. He had a stick up for a solid like 45 seconds. And he took like a huge lap, just a detour, just to get back to the blue line. But it's silent. No one, the pajama boy is getting no cheers. Anyways, poor guy. And I watched Edmonton's. Even worse, they're standing around the center ice circle. I saw that. Zach Hyman, Connor McDavid came out last. Everyone cheered, somewhat cheered. Yeah. Even though he's the best player in the world. And I just thought to myself, as a player in the National Hockey League, could you imagine 
We'll take Brooks, for example. Last year, he did that stupid leaf ceremony. This year, oh boy, he's going to come out, stand at center ice in a full, in the biggest arena in the National Hockey League with the best fans, because we have the best fans. I think I just made the Stanley Cup finals, and you're going to hold that torch wearing the most iconic jersey in the league, standing at center ice. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Goosebumps. It's going to be, it's, and yeah, same here. And, and it's going to be so like fun, even from home, going to be so fun to best watch. Best ceremony. Yeah, Vegas is cool because they have those like ice things, like the ice. Yeah, well, v- well, Vegas, Vegas has show, the, right? the, the the it's Vegas. There you go. They they're they're able to make it an event. But Montreal does such a good job, but like it, that history. Like... I love it, and I love when you know you hear the uh, the the game announcer, you know, say like like the all the lights go out. Yeah. Oh my god. And like for two years, the Habs stopped doing the torch for some reason. Are they doing Do it this year? That? I don't know, but they better, man. They better. It's so good. I love when they. My favorite was when um I think it was Suzuki passed the torch to Kod Kanyemi. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, because fourteen to fifteen. Right, there right? you go. Yeah. No, the best moment was probably um well at least my favorite moment was when they didn't have a captain, so they brought Price out as the last guy. Oh right. Acting as the captain. I remember that actually. I do remember that. And I think he someone like a veteran gave it to him. So you know what? I've I have a que- I have a question of the day right now. Go ahead. We're gonna post this on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. You know, just to I, I want I'm curious. Yeah. As a hab assuming you guys are Habs fans here. Give us your give <laughs> us your hope. best moment as a Habs fan. As a Habs fan. As a Habs fan. Ooh. Cause right now I'm getting chills just thinking about it's all crazy, this stuff. Man. And I'm curious. I feel like people have been, you know, at the Bell Center for crazy games, or Best you know, been outside the Bell Center for crazy games, or you know, at a at a restaurant for a crazy game. So I'm curious. It's tough because this team just went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and there were so many memories right. that that goal against Winnipeg, the Toffoli one. I yeah. was downtown, like it was yeah. crazy. Well, yeah, that was crazy. That was nuts. I remember you were at my house when when they that, when they that's beat probably the Lekkinen, right? The Lekkinen goal. We were tackling each other. Have that on video. Yeah, oh, it's true. We have it on video. Yeah. We were beating the crap out of each other for no reason. <laughs> it was so fun, though. <laughs> oh my god. Well, we we just went out on a drift. We just drifted away from the the uh, conversation. But yeah, it's it's so fun to fun, reminisce. Right? It's fun to re- that's what we do here. There was that there was that goal, and then there was the Placanic goal against in overtime against the Rangers. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Along we're... the goal line, Radulov in overtime. Just threw it in front of the net. He tipped it in. Yes, I do remember that. Oh my god, I went berserk. That tied the game. They went to overtime, right? And, and then Radulov won. I was there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was there. there right? Yeah, I was. Oh my god, I was going crazy. That was crazy. Nuts. Yeah, nuts. and I and I actually had a bunch of Rangers fans behind me talking my <laughs> ear off the whole time, and I couldn't say anything. Yeah, and you should have seen them in despair when when Radulov scored that yeah. goal. Oh my god, that was a lot. Yeah, there's moments. so many great moments as a Has so fan, and and quite honestly, right now, I mean, look, I think we can both agree here. Going into the season, I think as a Habs fan, there's always going to be certain expectations. And I think that speaking to you guys right now, those expectations should probably be lowered. And I'm not mm. saying it based off two games. I'm really not. I just truly believe that this team might not have necessarily what it takes to take it to that next level. But again, but again, you're dealing with injuries. You're dealing with injuries and you're not necessarily capable of doing all that much when you're missing five key guys in this lineup yeah do you think sorry i'm going back it's fine do you think they're gonna they they have to say price's name right they will they have they will absolutely they will there has to be some sort of montage like at least with his number or something they will i can't wait for that i literally can't wait for that ceremony tomorrow night fired up 7 p.m can't wait bell center so before we move on, um, I just want to say a quick story. Since we're kind of off the rails here. There you go. So I met Mike Hall. I met a few of the Habs on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a, a club. I won't say which one because the manager told me they were regulars there. And I don't want people privacy to Privacy start... purposes, yeah, I guess. Privacy right? purposes because they go there often. So I'm, I'm in the club, whatever. And I feel people pushing me. And I turn around. It's Josh Anderson. Okay, Josh Anderson. First, he's huge, like six he's, four. He's massive. Okay, slick back hair. Whatever, dressed super nice. Whatever. I'm tapping him on the back as if, as if he like as if I'm Ducharme. Like get out there, you're, you're on next. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't sock me in the mouth, honestly. Really? And I would have taken it. I've been like Josh Anderson took out Punched my teeth. In the face, right? But he didn't. He gave me a fist bump. Super. He was a nice guy. Then towards the end of the night, I was meeting a few other guys. I met Pejo. Look. 
I didn't ask for the picture. <laughs> I don't want to be mean. Look, I don't want to be mean. But I was taking a picture of Niku, and he was just there. And he was kind of looking at me like, are you going to ask me for a picture? <laughs> no way. Yeah. So I felt forced to. <laughs> uh, I spoke to a bit of him in French. I'm like, you know what? Thanks for coming to Montreal. Anyways, like, welcome home. You know, kind of thing, right? <laughs> and then I, I saw Jake Allen get out of a car. I just yelled at him. I didn't really get a picture with him. I just said, Jake. And then kind of froze. I didn't know what to do. I was kind of starstruck. You know, I love these guys, right? All right. Edmondson. Edmondson dresses very nicely. <laughs> Super nice guy. Took a nice picture with him. Told him, speedy recovery. Have a good season. Whatever. And I saw Caden Gooley. Okay. Caden Gooley. I was, I was outside the bathroom and he walked out. I was like, Caden, you mind if I take a picture? He's like, yeah, sure. Took a picture with him. I told him, you're going to be a great player for this organization because I kind of knew he was getting cut. It was before he got cut. Obviously, I'm not going to tell him, can't wait to see you out on the ice because I knew what was going to happen, right? He obviously knew also. Um, so I dapped him up, whatever, got a nice picture with him. Drew and I was there. They didn't even let me in the bathroom. I tried to go to the bathroom at one point and the security guard standing in front and I was like, what, what's going on? And he's like, Jonathan joins in the bathroom. I was like, no way, right? Obviously, I'm not going to go in, right? right? But if I was in there and he would have walked in, you know, it would have been pretty cool. Right? Yeah, for sure. Stupid questions about uh, urinal talk, right? <laughs> Come here often, you know, one of those stupid questions. Here often, full, right? Anyways, super fun experience, and it's good because we were talking before about chemistry, and it's good to see them together. So yeah, Dorak was there. It was good to see them together. Um, Coffee was there. I didn't see him though. I don't know if it's because he's just he's like a he's like a kid, right? And he has a bunch of kids. <laughs> oh my god! So he kind of fit in perfectly. No Suzuki. Um, but yeah, it was just a funny story to meet those guys because. Again, they're humans. Yeah. And they're super nice guys. At the end of the day, they're super nice guys. Um, and it's just awesome to yeah. meet some of the new faces. That's super cool. Yeah. That's, and it's it's very random too, which makes it even cooler. Yeah. Mike Hoffman, was out. I was leaving the club and he was outside the club with his girlfriend. And at this point, I've had a few drinks in me. And when I have a few drinks in me, I'm not the same person. I'm a <laughs> bit more like all my shyness goes away. Right. And he was standing at the corner and I heard him say to his girlfriend, like, where are we? he's new right so like an idiot i was like mike you're on blah 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 and blah, blah blah street i'm not gonna say where and he's like oh yeah i'm looking for my uber <laughs> then i approached him and i'm like oh yeah what he's like i'm looking for a gray honda civic and his girlfriend's like oh there it is and she started walking towards like a hyundai and mike started walking too and he's like have a good night i'm like mike that's not a civic <laughs> you're like saying, mike that's not a civic <laughs> i was literally talking to these guys i was saying andy eddie i was like i've been one of the boys <laughs> I'm so surprised no one punched, punched me, man. <laughs> oh, so that's like, too good. I'm like, Mike, it's not a Civic. He came back and then whatever, we found his Civic. And he's like, all right, have, have a good season, Mike. You know, 30 goals. So tell me if I should pick you up in fantasy. <laughs> but I didn't obviously say that stuff. And yeah, just that's hilarious. <laughs> highlight of my, of my, of your COVID year. Of my COVID year, I guess, right? There you Except go. Except for the Stanley Cup run. That's exciting. Yeah. Super nice, guys. Anyways, we have our question of the day. Yeah. I, I mean, I put that out there. Which is good. I'm curious, you know, because you know, the thing is, new season, I want to hear it, because I feel like that might be your coolest moment. I mean, I'm sure there's, again, watching games, there's cool moments. Yeah. But I feel like that as, as a fan, moment. that's a pretty cool moment. Yeah. I'm curious to see what people say. Um, but we're back to this. We're back. Game predictions. Oh, my God. Don't forget. Yeah. Bold predictions. Sorry. Bold, yeah, we forgot to do bold for the longest time. We're just saying predictions. Yeah, that's true. But we also We've got to go bold for this. And one. I also, before we get into the bold predictions, I just want to let you guys know definitely be able, uh, definitely go check us out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. The at is, I mean, on if Instagram, you're on YouTube, you see, yeah, it, on yeah. YouTube, right, right below. Same for Twitter. Uh, we do, we do honestly updates for every single goal, every single game, funny tweets, interactive tweets, whatever it may be. So definitely go check it out. Um, and yeah, so for those of you listening, it's Habs underscore. Car- underscore culture mm-hmm. on Twitter and Habs culture on Instagram. One word on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so now getting into the bold predictions. Saturday night, home opener, Bell Center, 7 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. time. Your bold prediction. I'm going to go a bit um, off the board here. Something you might not expect. Okay. I like it. Two goals and an assist. Oh, God. <laughs> from Alexis Lafreniere. Oh, the other way around. The other way around. Two goals and an assist from Alexis Lafreniere. From the Quebec-born Alexis Lafreniere. Hmm. I, the bright lights. You're in Quebec. Yeah. Let's see what he does. No pressure, by the way. 
obviously I want the Habs to win, but of course. That's my prediction. Even though I'm probably gonna bench him in fantasy. <laughs> you got him. You got him. Too many. I have like good wingers and I might have to bench him. Um I'm gonna go with talked about him quite a few times here today. Montombo? No, no. I, he's not going to start. It's going to be Jake. No, no, Jake's back Jake. in the cage. I'm going to go with a power play goal. Okay. That's very rare. That, that's, 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 that's very that's bold. My prediction. A power play no, I'm goal. joking. <laughs> it's going to be a power play goal, power play goal from, from Alex Burrows. <laughs> stop. I, I'm, it's funny because the power play goal in itself is bold, yeah. which is crazy. But I'm going to go power play goal from Joel Armia. Joel. Yoel. Wow. Yoel Armia. Yeah. Exciting. So exciting. such a good shot, man. He really does. It's a really good shot. And he actually had one that like missed just by a, I, I don't want to pull a sports net Leafs here, but he did miss by a little bit, but it was, it was like a wicked shot. I yeah, was yeah. holy cow. Where'd this come from? Maybe you should be, uh, in the, in the running for Rocky Richard. Yeah, yeah maybe. Him, uh, him, Matthews and Ovi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sports posted like a graphic. Who's going to win the Rocky Richard? And they didn't put Ovi in the graphic. Are you kidding? They put Matthews, That's Pasternak. Like the trophy should be called the Alexander Ovechkin trophy if there Absolutely. was no Richard. And I think that is very disrespectful. You're very disrespectful. Anyway. Before so, we end it off, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Because I promised one of my friends, he was telling me. Oh. Yeah. He was telling me, he's like, you guys never talk about Gallagher. So before we end it off, we're going to end it off on a Gallagher appreciation Ga- minute or so. Yeah. Whatever, how long go. it takes. I'm good with it. Because we love Brendan Gallagher. And the reason why we don't talk about him a lot is because he does his job. Night in and night out, and we don't. And, and the thing is, there's there's never there's no need. anything bad to say. There's no, and and there's a lot of good to say, but it's just because it's expected. At and this it's point. so consistent, like we know what's gonna yeah. what Brendan Gallagher and, is. And I was talking to you, Mark, before, and I, and I said I, I really do think up to date he's been our most consistent forward this season. Again, two games in, but I do <laughs> think that he continues to do his job. And you know, he's if I'm not mistaken, 31 years old now, 29, 31. I don't know his, where his it, hairs get in there. Do you see when his helmet was off and he had a bald spot in the middle? Of yeah, it's receding. <laughs> it was too Poor funny, guy, man. But you know what? The thing he is that he looks good buzzed, though. Sorry, he's probably gonna look good if he buzzes it. Yeah, I've seen him do it before. I've actually I have a picture <laughs> with him buzzed. Oh really? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll show it to you after. after. We'll post it on Instagram. But um, <laughs> no, but great guy. But the thing is, is that he does his job, and we never yeah. have to worry about him, and we never have to talk about him. He, you know, who's kind of becoming that type of player? Jake Evans. Yeah, you don't need to talk about. Yeah, him he just because he just does his job. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's nice and and as as people who talk about this team and give them a hard time, it's it's nice to have those few guys that you can always just depend on and never have to, I'll say, talk badly yeah. about or give criticism yeah. to. And he's but, not flashy. He just does his job. I mean, the guy doesn't have hands anymore. <laughs> every finger's broken. Every hand is broken. Look, yeah, he's a warrior. He's a warrior. He does his job, and 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 that's what we appreciate so much about him. So Gallagher appreciation minute. There you go. And on that note. We thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you next week. Have a good one, guys.